Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I am here today with the 21st episode of Weekly Poker Hand, where today I'm going to be going over a hand from a $10,000 buy-in tournament I played recently. Um, before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you how you can get my audiobooks for free. I have recently put out two audiobooks. Um, one is actually by Patricia Cardner, who I wrote Positive Poker with, and the other one I sat down and read myself, Secrets of Professional Tournament Poker Volume 1. You can get those for free on Audible by going to jonathanlittlepoker.com slash audiobooks. Oh, no, slash free audiobooks. <laughs> You're not paying for them. Uh, basically, Amazon and, and Audible are running a program where they really think you're going to like their product if you sign up for it. So you have to sign up for a free month. And if you don't want any more audiobooks after that, you can cancel. But if you sign up for a month, you get two of them for free. So you can get my books or any other books that you would like. But check it out, jonathanlittlepoker.com slash free audiobook. And it will take you directly to the site and give you all the instructions for how you can do that. So in this hand... Like I said, we are playing a $10,000 buy-in tournament. We get king-jack suited in the low-jack seat. We have 10,000 chips at 50-100, so we have 100 big blinds. So we have a calling station who raises from third position to 300, and then it folds around to me. So I have king-jack of hearts. I am a very big fan of calling and seeing a flop against players who are a little bit too call-happy. I think re-raising is also a fine play, but I don't really mind calling whenever we're fairly deep stacked early in a tournament because if I get a good hand, I stand to win a lot of money, and if I miss, I can just lose almost nothing. So this is one of those spots where my risk is very low and my reward is very high if I call, and if I re-raise, I start making it to more of a spot where I'm risking a lot to win a lot, and I'd rather just risk a little to win a lot. So I'm going to call almost always. And then the small blind also calls, who is a random player. So there's a 1,000 in the pot. Flop comes, jack 7-5. The small blind checks. The initial raiser, the calling station, bets 600 into the 1,000 chip pot. So at this point, I could call or raise. Again, I'm certainly not folding. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any scenario where I ever fold this. I mean, if, I, if a guy... Like, shows me his hand and he has me beat, I guess I'll fold. But there's no way I'm folding on Jack 7-5. Rainbow. Rainbow board. So, I think calling is by far the best play. Because if I raise, that's going to give the calling station the opportunity to fold a lot of his hands worse than a Jack. You'll find that a lot of calling stations will call one bet. But if you start raising and re-raising, they'll tend to get out of the way. Obviously, they come in different varieties. Some players just never, ever fold. But at the same time, I'm not really thrilled about putting my whole stack in with King-Jack on this board if I do it in a very aggressive manner. Uh, so I definitely like calling. I'm not really concerned about the player in the small blind continuing because if he calls, I'm in fine shape. And if he raises, I'm probably not in great shape. So I think I'm going to get really clean information from the small blind. And um, I, th I think we'll be able to play pretty easily on the turn. Notice that there aren't very many bad turn cards only a or an only an ace or a queen are bad for me, and even then they're not particularly particularly bad. So I definitely like calling. The turn is the three of spades, so now there are two spades on board. The calling station checks, and I decide to bet twelve hundred into the twenty two hundred chip pot. 
So I think I definitely want to bet for value, but I don't want to bet too big because if I bet too big, the calling station is going to start folding hands like ace king and ace queen, and he's going to fold stuff like pocket seven or pocket nines, pocket eights, pocket sixes. And I don't want to make him fold those hands because those hands are all drawing fairly thin. Whenever your opponent is drawing very thin, you want to make a bet that will get called by their marginal made hands. Notice if I start betting very big, like 2,000, he's probably only going to call if he has a jack. Whereas if I bet 1,200, he'll probably call with all sorts of ace highs, maybe random 8, 7, 7, 6, um, pocket 8, stuff like that. Granted, you know, calling station's not going to fold pocket 6s whenever he has a gut shot. So maybe a slightly larger bet would be a little bit better. But in this scenario, I really like making a bet size that I think is going to target his range pretty solidly and get called by a lot of worse hands. So in this spot, I do think that a bet of 1,200 is going to get called by almost his entire range of any sort of ace high or better. Whereas I think if I bet maybe even 1,500, he might start folding ace highs. So I don't I don't really want that to happen. So I like the bet. 1,200 I think is a, a very good bet. I think that's about the ideal bet size. So calling station calls. River is the queen of clubs, so the overcard came, which is not really what I want. But at the same time, I have to ask myself, does my opponent have a queen very often? So he could conceivably have ace-queen. He could have queen-jack, and he maybe could have queen-seven. But you have to remember, he did raise from third position, so he's probably not raising queen-seven. You're going to find that a call, being a calling station or classifying someone as a calling station does not really say much about their preflop opening ranges because this guy could just be fairly tight preflop and then never fold after the flop. And you have to make sure you're quantifying that. If this guy is a, guy, a player who is raising stuff like queen seven, he's more likely a maniac than a calling station. But make sure you're not just classifying people as purely, this guy's a calling station. That means blank because... Some calling stations are loose. Some calling stations are tight. You're going to find that most tight passive players are actually pretty big calling stations after the flop whenever they have any sort of hand. Um, You'll find that a lot of guys who play only aces, kings, and queens never fold their aces, kings, or queens after the flop regardless of what the flop comes. So those guys, in theory, are calling stations after the flop. So anyways, I I assume this guy's probably just playing fairly standard pre-flop but then doesn't fold very well after the flop. So I don't think queen seven's in his range too often. I think ace queen could be there maybe king queen could be there probably not king queen though it's hard for king queen to call on the turn he could definitely have queen jack but i think a lot of queen jacks would just bet the turn for value so i think this queen is not very bad for me i think the only hand that i'm reasonably losing to at this point is exactly queen jack so when he checks i think i should certainly go for value And then the question becomes, how much do I bet for value? How much can I reasonably bet and get called by a hand worse than my middle pair? So you have to realize when I'm betting in this spot, I have to expect my opponent to call with a worse hand. If I was playing against a reasonably strong player, I would probably still value bet this, but I think it'd be a lot more difficult to get called by a worse hand. Like I don't think something like ace-10 or ace-king or pocket-sixes is going to call if I bet on the river. So against a very good player who's going to be able to figure out what I'm doing, I probably should just check behind. I know that sounds a little bit nitty, but especially whenever a lot of chips are going into the pot early in a tournament, you want to be somewhat confident you have the best hand because you don't want to lose a lot of chips. And you have to realize that winning the chips is not that big of a deal. 
Um, whenever I check behind on this river, or say I did check behind, I expect to win this hand probably 85% of the time or more. And if I bet and get called against a good player, I'm probably winning it more like 45% of the time. And that's not a good thing. Even if I'm winning it close to 50% of the time, I still don't want that variance, so I'd prefer a check. Um, but against the calling station, I think this is a very easy bet, and a very easy spot to bet, because he's going to call with a lot of worse stuff. I think he's going to call with perhaps ace-king, maybe pocket sixes, maybe a seven, like say he has eight-seven or seven-six or something like that. So I think I need to bet. So the pot's 4,600. I can't bet big unless this guy's just an extreme calling station because he's going to start folding out all those hands I just named. So I think I need to bet fairly small. I think I like a bet of around 2,000 in the 4,600 pot. I think that's going to get called a decent amount of the time. Uh, if you have a dynamic with a player where you bet a lot of small denomination chips, maybe you should bet 1,900 instead because you'll find some players, if you pay attention, you'll find that they call bets that are made with a lot of chips way more often than they call bets made with say two one thousand dollar chips not really dollars two one thousand chip chips and if you think a guy will fold that bet with only two chips you should definitely make the bet with all the chips a lot of players view a bet with all the chips as you trying to push them around you're trying to put in a lot of money and trying to push them around obviously this is a very small thought or small component but it is something to think about and also if Perhaps you bet 1975 earlier and you showed a bluff. You should probably be betting 1975 for value now because that's going to definitely confuse your opponents. Anyways, that's a minor leveling war that I don't think most people think about, but I'm thinking of, at least thinking about in the back of my head. So my bet size is going to be roughly 2,000 in this spot. Um, turns out I did bet 1,900, and my opponent called with pocket eights. So... Seems like the bet size worked out pretty well. I'm I'm happy with it. I obviously I got called by exactly what I wanted to get called by. Whenever you get called when you bet 1900, you always have to ask yourself, could I have bet more? Because obviously this was about as good of an outcome as I could have hoped for. We end up getting in 4,000 chips each against a guy who's drawing super thin on, on the flop. So that's good. But you always have to ask yourself, could I have gotten in 5,000 or 6,000? And I don't really know if I could in this spot, but you always want to be trying to push the upper boundary of your bets without making your opponent fold out the hands you're trying to get value from. So maybe I could have bet a hundred larger on the turn and then two or 300 larger on the river. But beyond that, I don't think I really could have gotten more value in the spot. However, it's very difficult to know. And that's what makes poker a tough game because maybe I could have bet the size of the pot on the turn and then shove the river and the guy would have called. I don't think that would have been the case, but Maybe it would have been, and if that's the case, I lost a ton of value. So even though this looks like a good result, it could have actually been a pretty bad result. Or maybe I bet the exact perfect sizes and got full value. It's very tough to say. So I'll leave you with that thought. <laughs> uh, if you like this content, definitely check out jonathanlittlepoker.com. I have all sorts of free blogs on there. Every Monday I post a blog post where I um, talk about whatever's on my mind for the most part. And usually it's some sort of educational content that is not necessarily based on hand analysis. And then every Thursday, Weekly Poker Hand comes out. If you have not watched all the other episodes, definitely check them out. You can go through and get all the back episodes at Weekly Poker Hand. I'm sorry, at jonathanlittlepoker.com. There's a link to the Weekly Poker Hand podcast right at the top of the page. So thank you very much for watching. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you next time.